Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast. I am Mark, your host. With me today from the I Love That Movie Podcast, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hello. Um, we've talked before, uh, yes. on your show, uh, about, about clerks, which is one of my favorites. Obviously I picked it and that's why we talked about it. Um, I'm going to be back there again soon. Yes. Um, for not a movie, but it might as well be a movie. Evil dead one slash two slash army of darkness because evil dead rise is a scant 11 days away in theaters. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited for that that it is not even remotely funny at all see look wait there, there's bruce right over there oh yeah right, i see right behind my head there's bruce nice so uh <laughs> yeah uh and there's another bigger one somewhere uh but awesome. yeah so but that's not what we're going to talk about today today we're going to talk about another franchise uh that just had an installment hit theaters a few weeks ago uh, not starring the, the great and wonderful Bruce Campbell, but instead starring the great and humble Keanu Reeves, <laughs> John Wick 4. Um, yes. Chapter 4 doesn't even get a name. It's just Chapter 4. We're back to that. Uh, we here at the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast love, 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 love the John Wick universe. Um, I said we could talk about this over here and you seemed excited. So uh you've seen the other three yes obviously Mm -hmm. um generally i assume you enjoy them i do i like all of them you like all of them why do you like them let's talk about that um john wick hits john this little action movie john wick hits theaters i don't think anyone everyone was thinking oh it's keanu in an action movie should be entertaining and here we are four movies later um, that first movie comes, you go in and you see it, or you see it on home video or wherever you see it. What did you think? What was it about John Wick? And don't just say Keanu's dreamy eyes. Uh, yeah. I mean, isn't that reason enough? Um, it is. Well, <laughs> um, you know, I've always been a fan of Keanu Reeves, but I think for a while, um, he hadn't hit his stride in a while. I think it's fair to say, like, I felt like there got to be a point where, he was a little dated, right? Like people like me that grew up, you know, was, I was born in the eighties. And so, you know, I grew up with a lot of Keanu Reeves movies. Um, I was a big fan. And then of course the matrix obviously Obviously. uh, came out, um, made him an even bigger star, but I feel like after a while he was kind of like, you know, you had to be a certain age to like even know who he was. He wasn't. Then, yeah. He was doing little things. Yeah. He, he, he had he his speed. He had his matrix. He had Point Break before that. He obviously oh, yeah. had Dylan's Head 1 and 2, and then eventually mm-hmm. we got 3. But yeah, then he just kind of started making these little movies. Yeah. He wasn't a movie star. Um, but yeah, that's fair. And then he hits John Wick. and yeah. Changes the universe, everything. The universe is like, what? And I would say, you know, obviously I have a movie podcast, so I love movies. But I would say that 
when it comes to like the action genre, I'm kind of picky, I guess, in the kinds of action films that I like. And I think, you know, the types of action movies that were coming out at the time of John Wick, like the first one, I felt like there was a lot of, um, it was missing something for me. Like I preferred, you know, like Hong Kong action films um, and things like that. And And the reason is because, and what this film I think really gets right is in a lot of more modern action films at the time when the first John Wick came out, there was a lot of like, fast cuts where like the camera would like move really quick. So you can't really see what's going on. Um, Heavy CG, Mm -hmm. heavy, like just not real fighting. You know, it doesn't look believable. And I think that when that starts to happen, I kind of turn my brain off a little bit. I'm kind of like disengaged. The the stakes aren't there. You know, to me, what made like um, I I saw a documentary a while back that had uh, Jackie Chan in it. And he Mm -hmm. was talking about how, one thing that he did in his films was, you know, his characters get hurt. Like there's in that, in that adds stakes, like it adds a level of humor, but it's also like higher stakes. Right. And so in John wick, um, the choreography is what is most impressive about those films. Um, They echo like a lot of, I think really popular Asian cinema that takes the fighting itself seriously. Like that part is an art. That part is exciting. And so honestly, like in a movie that's full of gunfire, that could easily be something that I would be bored in. Um, it's the opposite of that. It's the story's good. The story's fine. I mean, John Wick says like five words each movie, but like what's, what's compelling is, is the action scenes. And not only do they, have good action scenes they go out of their way to hire people that represent like different action genres and showcase the best of what they do so they don't do that thing in hollywood where they like replace you know like they see like an a foreign film and go oh that looks really cool we're gonna make an american one but we're gonna put like brad pitt in it instead Instead, they like go find those guys and he fights them. And so in a lot of ways, like to me, the movies are kind of an homage to all those other films. And so anyway, long that is, that is, no, that that's is that, like that. That, that, that's a good point. The the, the way his, his his physical opponents aren't placeholders, um, right. but the fact that everyone doesn't fight the same way. It's not a, an old cowboy fist fight in a bar. Yeah, it's this guy fights this way and well i i fight this way so i have to figure out how to they have to figure out how to get around one another um and then you know you do that and then you add guns and of course now there's there's things flying around at high rates of speed that that do it (laughs) um the the story the story is good the stories are always very simple i for for me especially and for us here what we always wind up raving about um is the fact that you watch the first movie and there wasn't going to be a sequel. They were going to make this action movie and it was going to be done. It was this little self-contained slice, you know, day in the life of retired assassin. I mean, you see that movie a hundred times, really. Um, Polar actually is another good one on Netflix, but, um, but it's set in a world that is believable because it's this little tiny, it's man at home, man at hotel, and and really that's that's what it is. Well, then it does so well. It, what's great is that you go to two and you see 
a, a larger slice of that world. You see where that first little world occupies. And then in the third, you see where that world occupies and everything just keeps getting bigger. Yeah. But it maintains the, the, the internal logic that it just, it builds on itself. It never breaks the rules, um, which I think a lot of any, not just action movies, but any, any movie franchise can eventually wind up doing is breaking its own rules. Um, I think, which is why Scream does so well. It tells you what the rules are, tells you how it's going to break them and then breaks them, which is okay. But yeah. it doesn't just throw them out and not tell you. It just It doesn't just change the rules. But that that's what we love about John Wick. And it, the world, while yes, taken in toto, is patently ridiculous. By the time you get to four, you look at this world, <laughs> it's patently ridiculous. But it's okay because they built on this nugget of his world and they just expand it and, and it remains consistent no matter how over the top everything can get, you know, the, the techno European rave assassin coronation, you know, whatever it doesn't, it doesn't matter how silly that is because, you know, that's, that's a wall street financiers, uh, daughter's debutante ball, but it's in John wicks universe. So it's okay. It just, it, it, it's fine. It makes, it makes sense. But yeah, but the fight scenes, they're what hooks you. But if you don't care about John wick, it doesn't matter. And, and Keanu, you're right. He doesn't say a lot in any of these movies, but I would like to add that uh, Nicholas Cage made it all the way through Willie's Wonderland and didn't say anything. And that well, about- fantastic, by the way, if you haven't seen it, but no, that's, but that's okay. John, he, Keanu Reeves, he look, I love Keanu Reeves as much as anyone. Keanu Reeves is not, uh, he, he's not a master thespian. Keanu Reeves is not going to do anything that he doesn't think he can do well enough to where he's not going to feel bad about doing it. If he, if he looks at a part and goes, "Ah, no, I I just don't think I can do that. He's not going to do it. Yeah. So he's, it's not that he can't act. Please don't anyone yell at me and say, I'm not that, that I'm dissing on Keanu because I'm not, because if you watch his earlier work, like, um, was it, was it parenthood way but young Keanu Reeves. Oh gosh. I don't even think um, I thought you were going to say like much ado about nothing, which he well, even that, that, that was probably as far as he was willing to go. And it was then it was a stretch. It was a stretch, <laughs> but he was surrounded by a bunch of good people he was, that liked yeah. him there and he wasn't carrying the movie. So I think that played Agreed. Into it as well. I liked that movie. So, but if you go so. back, I, I believe it's parenthood. He plays a, okay. a, a teenager who knocks up his girlfriend, and, but, okay. but it's, it's very different. You look at it, it came out right about the same time as the first Bill and Ted. Oh, but you look at it, you're like, you know, he can act. Yeah. Um, and that movie proved it. But then, you know, how Hollywood gets, you make movies and that's how you make movies and how you pay your bills. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he doesn't do more than he can. But if he decides he wants to make John Wick, you see all these videos on YouTube, how he's prepping to be John Wick. He is not mucking about. He yeah. is no, I'm going to, he's going to learn to use the guns as well as he can. He's going to learn to fight as well as he can. He's going to do everything he can possibly do to make that role convincing. And, and that I think is what sets these movies apart. Um, I, for the longest time, I didn't care about the mission impossible films um, until the last three. And then I became convinced that that three film arc was one of the greatest action movie trilogies. Mm-hmm. Uh, ever and John Wick is probably better than that because it's yeah, not world but... ending stakes. It's not he's not stopping you know global annihilation like Ethan. Yeah. Um, 
and I and and again, I think that sense of possibility in Wick is what sets it apart for me, or that is what sets it apart for me. It's like, yes, mm-hmm. while it is in fact patently ridiculous, any one piece, you know what? I just I don't I can't discount that out of hand, and therefore the movie is a little bit better. Um, but yeah, so we we've gone through three films, and the cast is just I mean it, they cast these things so well. Oh, which is sure. also just, I mean, you get action. I mean, look, when Stallone brought the Expendables together, you know, the who's who of 80s and 90s action films. And those were great for what they are. They they picked their lane. They said, this is what we're going to do and we're going to do it. Right. John Wick, <laughs> on the other hand, you know, Lawrence Fishburne, Lance Reddick. Uh, in, in four, Clancy Brown. We get Ian McShane through all four. You know, Bill Skarsgård shows up in this. We get Donnie Yen in this. We get Hiroyuki yeah. Sonata in this one. Um, you, I mean, it doesn't, they, they get people, they don't get nobody. They don't get placeholder actors. Right. No, I agree. And it's, and, and again, that, that just lends, they're taking the film seriously. Therefore we're allowed to take the film seriously. Yeah. And I think it's in another category. I think mission impossible is a good comparison. Also, you know, if you compare like a franchise that just seems to get bigger and bigger somehow, um, the Fast and the Furious movies, I'm, those truly know what they are. You know, like they're yes. good, they're entertaining, but like this is a level above that, like, you know, for sure. And I, I like what you said about how the first one, you know, there wasn't going to be a sequel. It felt like it was its own complete story. And then somehow it, it kept expanding in, in an interesting way. When they announced a sequel, at first I was kind of like, I don't know if I want that. You know, I was kind of like, I I thought that first story was complete. What else is there to say? And then I saw the second one and I changed my mind completely. I was like, this is world building. It's more interesting. Um, It's become almost James Bondish in some ways, but different enough from James Bond where it's not trying to compete. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's it's clearly different from, but I, I see what you're saying about about the world, uh, especially the early Bond films. They were always, um, they were they're expanding the villainous side. Yeah, I mean, James Bond. Like, it's it's James Bond. It's it's MI6. It's Q. It's M. Yeah, you know all the uh, locations, the right. you know sexy and beautiful parties that you expect. The you know towards the end of this one, there's more gadgets i mean there's like little things like that that kind of remind me of that um and i don't know just like in the second one they introduced um more stuff about like the coins and like you know the bigger picture the the agency that he's a part of and things like that Mm -hmm. that i was like wow I'm, i'm really interested in that and it just seemed to get better and better and every movie they just seem to have i mean there's a lot of like setups just to have like an interesting fight like the stair scene in this fourth Uh, one which almost went too far (laughs) it was it was almost too much yeah but but, again they you know it but that again that movie is so long uh oh yeah three hours it's the longest one right yeah 249 and they could have Mm -hmm. easily cut 15 to 20 minutes and not changed it much and and that's what i said It, it was probably too long but I don't begrudge it those 15 yeah, or 20 It's like, I can't because everything is so good. The only, the only difference I, I think in four, the biggest difference in four is we get that entire sequence without John wick. 
Um, yeah. In the, in, in the, between Donnie Yen and, and uh, uh, Hiroyuki Sonata. Which was um, great. Which, oh, yeah. which is fantastic. But does it belong, oh. in, belong in a John Wick movie without John like- Wick? I don't know. <laughs> but it's so good. How do you not have it? I mean, um, it's Donnie Yen, and so you're just kind of like, I, I was in love with his character in this one. I thought, man, I don't know. I want more of that. I, there were actually a few characters I was like, I want more of of them specifically. Yeah, and uh, he was I, one of them. I, I kind of, I kind of feel felt bad for Donnie Yen because I'm like, oh wait, he's playing a blind guy that kicks people's asses. I've seen this role in Rogue One. Uh, yeah. So and, I was like, oh, and, you know. But, in Rogue One for sure, and then in, in other movies as well, like older, you know, films, that's kind of a trope, right? Like right, but but for him specifically, it's like, oh, he's yeah, done this no. twice. It's like, don't no, don't do it again. Um, but yeah, so that that's good. <laughs> I so well. I loved see, here's the thing. There's always uh like in John Wick 2, we're introduced to um the high table, the actual high table. Yeah. So that's that's the character that they introduce. And mm-hmm. then in three, you get the adjudicator. Mm-hmm. And then, so you see the, and, and the, uh, um, the elder. So you get those. And then in four, now you get the harbinger, Clancy Brown. Yeah. So you see all of these, these one-off characters that they don't have to explain them. The harbinger is here. And then you figure out in the next 30 seconds what his job is and you're like mm-hmm. oh now i know his place and now you know what the harbinger does and there's more than one there's more than one adjudicator there's more than one harbinger but when they show up the harbinger is here because that's all that matters the adju- actually it is a an adjudicator i believe they did they did uh not uh singularize that in three but uh but yeah but a, a, the harbinger because that doesn't matter that's because he's a personification of I guess the law. Yeah. You know, he, you know, he's the gatekeeper. He's the, you know, for lack, he's the armorer from the Mandalorian. He, you know, he's <laughs> yeah. the, the keeper of the lore and the rules and everything, but it's a great role. And it's like, mm-hmm. even if we got a, you know, you bring back a harbinger, if we get, you know, if they do another one or if the harbinger appear in, in the series that we're going to get, you get a harbinger, but you bring in a character or an, a, an actor that's not Clancy Brown, but you, you find a Clancy Brown actor, just another classic actor. You know, mm-hmm. you could have Mark Hamill roll in and play yeah. the Harbinger, and I'll bet people would lose their minds. I'll bet, <laughs> I'll bet he would just nail it. Yeah, you know, you bring you bring in another an another actor who, when they hit, you know, you bring in Denzel Washington as the Harbinger, and you have people's attention, even if he's on screen for for two minutes in the series. Boom, the Harbinger is here, and we're going to take it seriously. Why? Because it's Denzel. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, it's Hamill or it's, it's whoever, it doesn't matter. Uh, but, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great role. And in this movie, I think Clancy Brown is actually the perfect person to do it mm-hmm. um, because it's, it's Clancy Brown. It, you just don't mess with him at all ever. If you bump him in the street, you apologize and, you know, prostrate yourself. Or so, uh, but yeah, so it, that, that's what, again, that's, that's what we love. And I love specifically about, about the wiki and universe is what we call it. Uh, mm-hmm. it just the way it just it builds and it it never blows up if they'd have gone right to the world of four in two it wouldn't have made any sense agreed but it's yeah, always it's, it's always just next step it's next step it's next mm-hmm. step up it's like god you know he's working his way up management 
So, uh, and you see that management isn't untouchable because we have a new elder in four yeah. than we had from three. You know, and they say my predecessor. So it's not like there's more than one elder. It's like, no, no, no. My predecessor, who is no longer in this position, uh, you know, and, you know, even Winston running the Continental, it's like, oh, yeah, he can be replaced. It's just, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's not good. Uh, so, you know, everyone is expendable um, within reason. Uh, everyone has a role and they're expected to 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 uh, take 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 it seriously. And then yeah. again, we get all these actors coming in taking them all seriously. So again, as an audience, we're compelled to, to suspend that disbelief just a little more, I think. And, and just, and just do it. And again, yeah. And then it all rolls back to those fight scenes. Um, and in four, uh, can I just, uh, the, the cinematography in four, yeah. forget, the, forget the fight cinematography and choreography. The cinematography in this film is ridiculous. There are some gorgeous shots uh, in and around Paris, even but you know in New York. Where it, it, there's some, there's just some ridiculously beautiful camera work, and then there's yes. that fight scene in Paris in the apartment, and it is like oh, if, that, if, that if, there, if if John Wick Four is not nominated for cinematography for some awards at the end of the year. I don't know what is going on. Yeah. Because it just, the camera work on that was just, I mean, cause it, it wasn't just cause it's you're, you're following through. Yes. We've seen tracking through and then it does the pullout. Yeah. And the then it comes back. Really, yeah. And then it's like, Oh my God, I don't even know how people are like, I don't know how they shot that. It's like, well, obviously they built an apartment without a roof. Right. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's just like that. I mean, and then everything just continues and it still flows and, and it's just, I, I looked at that and I was like, that might be the, the, the prettiest sequence of film I have still seen this year. Uh, it, it's just, it's just beautiful to watch from a technical and a choreography standpoint. I mean, it's beautifully shot. It's beautifully acted and the stunts are beautifully performed. And, and it, yeah, then, yeah, then you get to the stairs, which I think is almost one shot. I, what are they like yeah. three, four cuts in that ridiculous six minute sequence up the stairs. I, well, I think too when he falls down the stairs, that's where it's almost kind of, too much. You're kind of like, wait, what? Like it kind of takes you back a little bit. But I, I liked it. I, I didn't really notice the length of it so much. I just thought, oh, I kind of like that he made so much progress, and now he's back down here. It, it yeah. just added. I think it just for me, it added like a little bit of a level of again stakes. I think the movie is really good at you had a good point about there's it's not there's no apocalypse or whatever it's not the world ending yet you feel the stakes the entire film they're his stakes Mm -hmm. and so there are stakes but hey look if you enjoy what you're seeing and hearing on the visually stunning movie podcast why not take a second to click subscribe if you're on youtube click follow wherever you're listening to us uh, you know, follow us on Twitter at VS Movie Podcast. Same over on Facebook. If you're on uh, Instagram, it's Visually Stunning Movie Podcast. That would be awesome for us. We appreciate you listening. And now let's get back to the show. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, and that's, that again, it's, if, and if you don't care about him, then you don't care. Then it's just an action movie that you can watch anywhere. I mean, sure. you can watch, there, yeah. there are a dime a dozen on streaming. Right, um, and I, I think it's challenging again a movie that has so much gunfire um you know i'm not talking about like how i feel about guns personally but just in a movie like i'll be honest for me that can get boring like if they're just shooting each other you're kind of like in real life that would be terrifying and obviously you know people would be killed but i think in a movie it's like a lot of times I think like in superhero films, you know, they don't have guns. They're superhero films, but also because that would be kind of boring if they were just shooting the whole movie. Yeah. Unless you've got like certain characters that, you know, they do a good job with that, but I'm sure it's a challenge. I'm sure it's a challenge to like make that interesting. And well, and that's, they that's do that what, so well in these movies. Yeah, because, because the handgun is, is in most of John Wick's fights, the handgun is just, an extension of melee yeah because everything is close everything is personal everything is in their face it's not they're not ducking behind cars and having shoot shootouts across the street they're not you know yeah. that's not what they're doing it, it's literally it's you know it's a it's a very small high velocity fist that they're trying to throw at someone from point blank range and so that yeah. makes those hand-to-hand fights that much more compelling because without it being one mistake yeah, without it being cartoonish and silly or, you know, like Gunkata in, uh, what's it called? It's Equilibrium and <laughs> equilibrium. it's awesome. It's I awesome. love Equilibrium. I love it. But... Everyone's like, oh, it's a ma- I love that. Everyone's like, it's a Matrix ripoff. It's like, it is so not a Matrix ripoff. Disagree. Yes, gun- I like the movie, but Gunkata as a concept is kind of silly. Um, but, but, I in like that, but in that still. world, you have to let it go. Yeah, in that world, I was cool with it, but I could see like it, it doesn't get copied because for no. a reason i think because no. it works well, in that movie. it doesn't really work out of it yeah but but you see like it's based in a lot of hand-to-hand combat mm-hmm. so um when i mean when when they get in their hand-to-hand combat, you see a lot of that so yeah you do see a little you know wick in that that shows up in wick um but john wick is ch- kind of changing the action the classical action model and we saw it with uh, Atomic Blonde uh, with Charlize Theron, which is, you know, they tried to, I say gender swap, but I don't mean it in a prejudicial way. They, they no, tried no, to expand on the, on the genre. We, they gave us Charlize Theron who can do action. And then they made it a period piece, which is also cool. Uh, but they used a lot of the same techniques, close quarters yeah. fighting, you know, uh, available weaponry, long uninterrupted shots, um, pain which is the, the biggest thing in John Wick and then uh, ultimately in Atomic Blonde is that you get hurt and then you have to keep fighting or end it so you can go and cry somewhere in a corner for a while. Uh, so, but it is kind of, it is kind of change. It, it kind of rebooted the classic action genre, but it also changed it 
and it's changing yeah. it as people people are trying to adapt to that model. You can't just, but you but you can't just ape Wick. You have yeah. to do something else. So uh, again, Atomic Blonde, women fight differently than men because um, targets are different. Yeah. Uh, but but even stylistically, their strengths are different. Uh, you know, flexibility is different. Motion is different. It's all different. So th- so there's there's inherent changes there. Um, but if, you know, if someone tried to, you know, just do a John wick with a guy, the fights are still going to be different because everyone's fighting as individual, but the overall way they're going to construct these scenes is going to gear more toward that style. Um, Mm -hmm. and, but, but again, I, I hope that's not the lesson everyone takes. I hope it's that if you don't care about the person getting their butt kicked, it doesn't matter how much their butt gets kicked. Uh, you have to care. And mm-hmm. that's, that's the kicker. And again, it, it boils down to, do you care? It's like, if, if they'd have made John wick and, and it hadn't been Keanu Reeves, I don't know if the movie does as well. Who else do you put in that role that you actually care about? Yeah. I think he gives a performance that's very, you know, like Clint Eastwood ish, you know, kind of like going back of to the basics of like, I don't know, just like oozing cool and like, the power of not saying a lot, you know? And like, I think some of the best action heroes do that. Like, I think that's, you know, obviously Clint Eastwood is probably like the most classic example, but I I would even say people like, you know, Harrison Ford in Indiana Jones. It's like, well, even, even Stallone in a lot of his earlier action doesn't say a lot. Um, And then when they do, it's like, it's got this punchline quality to it. Like this great direct quotable, line it matters. it's like that's all they have to say the, um, those it's almost matter. like less yeah. is more you know with those types of characters yeah so it, oh, man so yeah good 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 choice on picking john wick that's for sure mm. uh for for this um because ryan and i hadn't hadn't gotten a chance to talk about it and it's fun oh, nice. to talk about it's because it's, it's a fun world it's and, very again, fun. It, yeah it's, it's a it's just a fun world i mean in two when they start showing the operators and mm-hmm. you know the, the i love the that I mean, because it's because it's it's pinup, uh, goth, the tattoos, almost, like almost, I just I like the steampunk in a lot yeah. of ways. The behind the scenes, but then you go a level up to the high table, and all that's gone. Now it's again, you know, it's it's Wall Street financier, you know, yeah. Davos, uh, you know, conference t- level stuff. So, right, but 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 everything again in in and of itself kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. So the, the, and they have such great, everything has very specific looks. Nothing feels random. Yeah. Everything that's on the screen, they, they chose and it might be unconventional, but it works. So I don't know. I, I would have to go research who does, who did the original production design on two specifically, because that's when things become not conventional, not, not normal, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, like like I said, one is, movie, you know, yeah. retired assassin trying to live his life again. So it's, it's pretty straight except, you know, the, the gold coins that's based. Yeah. That's the biggest weird thing in, in John wick, you know, the assassin burying stuff in his basement, seen it, but you know, the yeah. gold coins and that whole ecosystem that's hinted at in one, that's the weirdest thing. And then you get to two and you see that you're like, who actually sat down and decided this is the world that we're going to build. And this is what it's going to look like. And who went, yeah, I like that. Because someone puts, they put some thought into it. They went in a, a non-traditional way, but one that fits the world that we ultimately wind up inhabiting. And so I think that aspect of it, production design actually 
kind of gets overshadowed hmm. by all of the action. Uh, I, I, I think people need to kind of recognize the amount of work that went into that aspect of the film. Yeah. It's not just Keanu, uh, you know, in sweaty hair, you know, beating people. It's not just these ridiculous fight scenes that are so incredible. Um, you have to look at everything. And, and again, that, that, again, that, that phrase that we love here is internal logic. Even in a single film, if you violate your, your internal logic, the film doesn't work. And they've mm-hmm. managed to maintain that across four, four films while growing it. And I yeah. think that is, that is a testament to how much care uh, they have uh, and how much maybe respect, not just for their material, but for the audience that's going to consume it. Cause I don't, th- I don't think if they didn't respect the audience, they could just throw anything out there because Hollywood. Yeah. Does good. I really liked in the in the fourth movie the addition of like the radio announcer and showing her a lot uh, in this one. You know, oh in Paris, the, the, yeah, in Paris, and Hanoi Jane there. Yeah, and like Atlanta. I was reading um, some facts about this movie before we started recording, and I thought about this when I watched it, but it was nice to have it confirmed that you know it's like it's a nod, and you know that's like happening the whole movie there and i was like yeah i could definitely see that yeah it's it again it's it's just those little flourishes yeah it's like they, a little it's a nice little again, nod yeah well it, they do it everywhere if you if you yeah. look it just there's one little you know um uh in in uh two uh when he goes to rome and he he, he i need to see the sommelier this, you know, which the weapons guy, but the sommelier is wearing the little tasting cup on the chain. Yeah. Neck. Even though he's selling guns, he's got the, he's got, yeah, I mean, just those little, little things yeah. that they put in things. all over the space. And you're just like, oh, it's, they were actually paying attention. And, and, and someone went, or, or maybe someone went, hey, wouldn't this? And they went, oh my goodness, you're right. Or yeah. that won't. And so maybe they removed stuff that we don't know about. But I, again, it's, that's, that's what makes these movies so fun. Now, after four, we're supposed to get a TV show. Oh, um, the, Con- the Continental. Yes, it's supposed to be prequel. I, I think Young Winston running the Continental. Oh, I think, okay. but I-, I think it's definitely before the first film. But it's about the Continental, which lends itself more to like I think an Assassin of the Week kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, coming and going in the hotel. So we'll see how that shakes out if it actually winds up getting made because you can't trust the streaming services anymore. Uh, about no, actually making I mean, stuff, things change all the time. They you do. Know? It would be interesting. Uh, I don't. Be. I don't think we're going to get a five. I, again, I have not spoiled the end of four for anyone. I don't think we're going to get a five. I think we could. We could. You know, you no could. matter what happens in any of these movies. Uh, it, it, there could be another one, um, but, but yeah, I know I, what you're saying, and I, I agree with you that I don't. I, I, think- I don't want. I really, I really didn't want a John Wick two. I was convinced. Actually, Ryan and I both were. We were convinced we did not want a two. We're like, you're just going to ruin it. But now it's like I really don't want a five because now it it would just feel cheap. Yeah, it actually, kind of if takes they actually did the it. stakes of this one, um, but. You know, as far as like what character I'd want them to focus on next, I would think that's hard to say. There were some that really landed in this one for me, and then there were some that I was I could take them or leave on like um 
the daughter, I think Akira was her name. Was Akira the daughter or was it uh, Mia? Oh, maybe Maya. it was Mia. Because there's the two. Girl, oh, yeah, uh, the the concierge that was the daughter of... In Japan, uh, yeah. Yeah, in Japan. Which I, actually... I was, I love that. Like, I love that trip to Japan, by the way, because the, I loved the, it. The, yeah, the, well, the Japanese when you, when you get there and you get to the Japanese stuff, you're like, oh my god, the whole wiki and universe, and you know it in your brain, and then they slap you with it with with that. It's like, oh, the whole movie is obviously futile, you know, with the high table and all the little the fiefdoms running down through. It's like obviously it's futile. It's like, oh, but it's really Japanese feudalism on a global yeah. scale. And it's like, oh, God damn it. And she's just like, so yeah. I knew that in my head. But then until we get to Japan, and then I'm like, well, you idiot. Well, of course <laughs> it's Japanese feudalism, you moron. Uh, but yeah, so it's that's that's a fun movie. And I th- I think yeah, by not having having it set in Japan is was actually brilliant because they you know got all the best, they got to use it. Um, but it, now it's not a Japanese movie. It's not an yeah. Eastern movie. It's 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 a it's a Western movie or a global movie. And then they turn around and they go, "Oh yeah, remember this?" And they you there's know, a they lot start... of different elements. You yeah, know, like it, it, they use those elements. At other times, it does feel kind of like a Western, which you know, Western westerns and and Japanese uh, movies have a history right there anyway. A good yeah. connection there. There's a lot of different things, but I, I liked that arc but i'm not sure i'm sold on the daughter character being like an assassin in her own movie i feel like she's an okay supporting character but i don't feel mm-hmm. like she was as strong as like donnie yen's character was or i was also really interested in the tracker character i thought he was really cool i liked i don't know i just liked his if, vibe i like the dog a, I yeah like the but, shotgun like if, i just if there's, a, if there's a weak spot in this film it is the tracker and it's just because it is so vaguely defined. I mean, because it's not a position. It's well, not, you know, it's it's not, you know, it's not a harbinger, it's not an adjud- yeah. adjudicator. He is a tracker. Like John True. Wick is an assassin. But right. it's like trackers are new, and we still never really get a it you know what like I mean. There it's, was more it, to say. I, I thought like the fact that he wouldn't give his name. And uh, to me, it felt like they were sowing some kind of seed with that, that there was more to him. And but I, I like it. I just wish we'd have gotten a little more here. Got it. Got it. See, I liked that. it. I liked I liked his weapon. I liked the use of the dog. I thought that was cool because, you know, this movie's kind of starts with the death of a dog. And so I feel like they're always trying to make up for that in some way. They're like, we're really sorry about that dog we killed in the first one, which I'll defend. I, I liked that in the first one, you know, I mean, obviously I don't like if a dog dies, you know, that's not what I'm saying, but I think they were trying to avoid the whole like fridging thing of like, right. You know, the assassins killed his wife. And then it's just, regardless of how you feel about that trope, it's pretty overdone no matter what. And so I think the dog thing in some ways made it feel like a little bit safer to like focus on that. But then I always feel like they're trying to make up for it. Like him having another dog and like this guy has a dog and then nothing ever happens to the dog. Don't worry. Well, the, <laughs> but- dog, the dog is the, 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 the idea of dog is that, I mean, that, that, that's, that's a 
that's a podcast in and of itself because true, obviously true. the it's pup, like kind of a the, metaphor. The puppy for what is they a are. symbol of 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 a of a will to continue to live. Yeah, or a, a reason to live without his wife, and he accepts that, and then it's gone. So now he has no reason to live. So if he doesn't have a reason to live, now we get into vengeance, not because his wife died, because no one he can't revenge that. Yeah. But he can revenge what his wife gave him, which is the dog. Then he saves a dog, which in a way is saving his wife. And yeah. it was a dog. If it, it, it's very quick, and I, I know I know people know this in their head, but it's very quick when they flush over the paper because it's it, the dog is marked for euthanasia. They're putting mm. that dog down that he saves at the end of the first movie. That's why he takes him because, like him, that dog is about to be killed. Yeah, so and he's, he's saving himself. He's saving the dog. He's yeah. honoring his wife's wishes. You get to the second film, then he takes the dog out of danger by leaving him at the hotel. Mm-hmm. So the dog is now safe. So now he's protecting the dog by leaving the dog. And then in the third movie, the dog is still around. But then we get uh, Halle Berry's dog, dogs, uh, and one gets shot, but not really. And you know, yeah. and, and in this movie, yeah. So it's the dog is is a discussion one could have. True. Ever you you can and, probably microanalyze the importance of dog. And yeah, it doesn't name the dog. Mm-hmm. The other dog, that dog doesn't have a name. I just love that. What's a dog? Yeah, that's and that's okay because dog is a symbol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think everything you're saying is true, and I don't think I thought of it that way. But the the way that I sort of interpreted it too was that like the dogs are sort of like metaphors for them, like the assassins, like it's an animal doing a job that they were hired to do and it's violent. And like these dogs in the movies, you know, like the dog that the tracker has is like an attack dog. And so in some ways, John Wick is a dog for, you know, his, whoever he works for. Yep. And yeah, you like you said, you could go on and on. <laughs> it is. It, it's, it's very easy, but the, like I said, I, I don't think we're going to get a five. Yeah, we, we could. I, again here, I'm like, no, please don't. Just go make the go go make the the continental series, and and I'm okay with that. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I mean, because then you can you can start showing you know because you could do continental New York, you do continental Paris, you could do continental sure. London, you could do continental Rome, you can do all of these different ones. So now you have different uh, managers, mm-hmm. different concierges. Uh, R.I.P. Lance Reddick, the the poor yeah. poor concierge. But, you know, and then you get all the different people coming through and, and they can still, you know, we can get harbingers, adjudicators, trackers, and whatever other little tidbits of sprinkles of this world that, that, that they built for us that we can sprinkle those all through the show. And I think that's, I think that's a great, uh, you know, a great thing. I mean, we could see young, uh, God, the, the, the guy that guarded, uh, Adrian Pilecki's character is, or Padalecki's character, or yeah, it's Pilecki. It's Padalecki is the uh, supernatural guy. Adrian Pilecki. <laughs> I was uh, confused for a second. The first, yeah, but Adrian Pilecki in the first one, uh, uh, when John takes her down in the, the hallway and the guy comes out, um, you could see a young version of him in a prequel series. You mm. know, just, you know, you could do that. You could do things like that and see if people catch it. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But, uh, you know, you can do stuff like so I think the series lends itself to a, a lot of fun as long as it doesn't just turn into some weird guest star of the week kind of show. I think that would kind of cheapen it. it pe- people still need to be invested however long in that show, because that's again, the world is what makes that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, is what makes this franchise. That world's got to be believable. And I think if they if they were to cheapen the world, that would cheapen the experience of the show. Yeah, I could see that. So, uh, yeah. So uh, thumbs up all the way around for 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 John Wick one through four. Four is great. It led the box office for a while, and now it's it doesn't because we're in the midst of a great run of movies. Yeah, which is awesome. Uh, I have th- I have three to see this week. Um, uh, I was just about to say I'm having a hard time because I I can't get to the theater to see all of them. <laughs> well, I have three screenings this week. Okay. Oh, I'm seeing I'm seeing Renfield tomorrow night. Oh, I'm which should be fun. That. Yeah, my kid is too. Um, but it's it's Nick Cage, so I'm um I'm I'm in. Like I said, I mentioned yeah, Willy, I mentioned I Willy's thinking. Wonderland earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, that again, he he didn't say a single word at some wow. of his best work. So it's it's, it's, crazy. it's a, it's a ridiculous movie, but it is so good. Okay, okay, mind boggling. I'm just you just you just you have to. It's in parts. It's so stupid. You just have to laugh. But it's stupid in that really good way. Yeah, not in, not in the bad way. And he's just okay. he's just really good. And he, he he you get frustrated Nicolas Cage face a lot. Just that that <laughs> anguished, frustrated eye roll. Just wants to punch a hole in the wall look on his face love like it, so many times it. in there. It's so great. Uh, but yeah, it's less, less is more in that movie. Uh, it really is. But, uh, well, uh, Lisa, thank you for coming on. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and like I said at the beginning, we are going to be talking again, hopefully soon. And hopefully before evil dead rise, we're going to talk about evil dead. And if we talk about it after evil dead rise, I'm probably going to gush about that because I'm all about the, uh, all about the Necronomicon. Um, tell everyone where they can uh, watch and or listen to uh, I Love That Movie. Yes, um, pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, just search I Love That Movie. Um, I'm on Twitter at ILTM Podcast and I'm on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast. So come, come chat. Yes, absolutely. And we will again, and we will have you on again to talk about more stuff. Uh, again, That's if there's fun. something you want to talk about, just yell. Okay, we'll uh, do. It's, Thank it's, you it's, again. It's something else. You, you are more than welcome. Uh, you can uh, like, follow, and share the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast on Twitter and Facebook at VS Movie Podcast. Go to the website, vsmoviepodcast.com. YouTube, Visually Stunning Movie Podcast. That's it. Go see a good movie. There are some. Go see John Wick if you haven't seen it. Uh, and yes. watch the first three if you haven't watched those because trust me, you'll love it. You'll just yes. love it. So there you go. Uh, Till next time, I'm Mark. Again, thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Uh, and we will talk to everyone later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.